got your Bible, go to the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 13 through 15. The title of the message is called Your Promise. Your Promise. Now, I want to show you guys a little prop really quick. This is right here. This is a little piece of paper. You see the paper? All right. This little piece of paper is very prophetic, and it means a lot to me. How I got that paper, I'm going to tell you about it, but it's just incredible, and I can't wait to dive into that story. But before we dive into that, I want to tell you about a man named Abraham and his wife named Sarah. Sarah couldn't have a child, and they're up in age. She's 90 years old, and she could not have a child, but she always wanted one. Her whole life, she just wanted to have a child, but she could just not get pregnant. Nothing could happen. Abraham told him, no, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, but it just would never happen. But in Genesis chapter 18, we find out in verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, and this is after the back, so he came down and he told her, he said, you are going to have a child. Go tell Sarah you're going to have a child. So he goes, runs in there, he tells Sarah, Sarah, we're going to have a child. Sarah, we're going to have a child. And she does this right here. She says, the Lord said to Abraham, and Sarah laughed. Sarah laughed. And God said, why did she say, can an old man like me have, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now hear that. The Lord said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Can you imagine, first of all, God saying that to you? When you're trying, when God's saying, you're going to get your miracle, you're going to get your blessing, you're going to see this, you're going to, you're going to, I promise you this. And then all of you, all of you saying, ah, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And the Lord having to tell you, is anything too hard for me? I would hate for God to have to tell me that because I want my faith to already be there that I know that anything he does, he can do. He's God. He spoke and the universe was formed. Who am I to say that I can't get pregnant at 90 years old if I'm Sarah? I can't, but Sarah can't. Who, who is Sarah to say? Who is that? He can do anything. And it goes on and it says this. It says, I will return to you about this time next year. So he prophesies to you. He says, I'll be back in a year. And Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it. She denied, after all that, she denied it. She said, no, 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 I can't. Because, and then he goes, I didn't laugh. And the Lord says, no, you did laugh. Let's stop there again and really talk about this for a second. Who did Sarah think she was? <laughs> when God, like I said, God knows everything about everything because he is everything he's seen everything created everything formed everything and who is Sarah to say I didn't laugh that's like me saying I I'm short I'm tall I didn't laugh God you did laugh I just would never want to get in that argument with God because that just don't make sense you're just not going to win that you're just not going to win and she said that but I love this verse because it's talking about how God can do anything. You see, God sets himself up for a miracle. Have you ever noticed that about God? What's the one thing we have to do that God can't do? Follow me on this. What's the one thing we have to do? It's one of the reasons why we're formed, that he can't do. He can do everything, but, he, but, but what is it? He can't worship himself. So he has to have people. He created people. He didn't just want robots that would just worship 24-7. No, he created us. Free will, free choice, because a true worship moves him. And I love how he set himself up for this. And he sets himself up for this all through the Bible. Is when he says, I'm about to do something, he sets it up with some power and some swag. 
I'll come back in a year and you'll see you'll have a baby. I, I love that about God because he wants our faith busting out. He wants us to believe it. He wants us to hold on to it. That's why he said this right here. That's why he said, you'll heal the sick. That's why I said you'll see the dead raised. You're going to see all of this. You're going to encounter all of this. You're going to do all of this. But then he just walks away. God, what are you doing? You're going to have a child in a year. He wants the faith of the people to be so stirred to knowing that his promises are true. He wants people to cry out. He wants people to believe. He wants people to move his heart. I love that about God because it shows how much he cares about worship. He could have done it in a moment. He could have said, Sarah, boom, baby. Woo, ah, baby. That could have, he could have, he's God. He could have snapped his finger, baby. Everybody freaking out. Abraham, we got one. But he didn't. You know what he did? He said, I'll be back in a year. Because he wanted to teach Sarah a lesson. He wanted to teach Sarah how to pray. How to believe a word. A lot of you are in the same place that Sarah's in. God told you he would do this. You say, Pastor Corey, it's been years. I'm still waiting on it. Why didn't he just do it? Because Sarah had to learn a lesson. Sarah had to learn how to hold on to her promise. She had to learn how to pray. She had to learn how to worship. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing is this. She had to learn how to believe. You see, I feel the church, we can pray. Pastor says pray, I'll pray. Pastor says worship, I'll sing along. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe what you're singing? Do you believe what you're praying? He had to teach Sarah how to Believe. How to believe. And maybe God is teaching you the same thing in the same season right now. That He said, I'm going to do something in your life. You're going to see this happen. I'm going to heal you. The Word says it. It will happen. But I got to teach you, son. I got to teach you, daughter, how to believe. How to believe. And I come from a small, 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 small town. I thought Inverness was huge. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. I got here, this is New York City. Y'all got TJ Maxx. Y'all got, I have to drive two hours to get to a TJ Maxx. I'm out in the neck of the woods. Ain't nothing out there but Bubba and Bubba. <laughs> I'm from a small town in Virginia. 
and it's called um, Norton, Virginia, population 3,000 people. Our county only has 10,000 people. I came down here, and I was meeting with some of the other youth pastors in the area, talking about FCA, how we're going to go get all the kids saved in the school. Woohoo! let's do it. And they're like, yeah, brother, there's like 2,000 kids that go to school. I was like, oh, my word, that's my whole city. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My graduating class was 40 people. He was like, yeah, we ain't going to have to go to the graduations next May. It's like 200-some kids. I was like, oh, how long are we going to be there? He's just <laughs> joking. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I come from a small small town, but I was raised in a home that loved the Lord, and um, I was an orphan. Uh, My birth family, they died. They chose drugs over their child, and um, overdosed and all that stuff. I've never even met my bloodline besides a brother, but I was stripped from my home as an infant, as a two-month-old baby. And social service put me in a foster care, didn't know what to do with me. Birth certificate went missing. No one could find it. They had no clue who I was. It was a baby that had no place to go. Parents are dead. And here I was, two months old. But there's this woman by the name of Glenna. She's very special to me. She's my mama. That couldn't have a child. A lot like Sarah. Couldn't have a child, but wanted one so bad. And God spoke to her and said, you'll have a child. You'll have a child. She prayed and prayed, God, please, God, I want a baby. I just want a baby so bad. I, I want to have a baby. Everybody else walking with their baby. My mom, she's bitter too. Sometimes. The Lord got her, but she was bitter at times. Because she'd see other families walking with that baby, all loving on it. And my mom said she'd go to the store. <laughs> Baby, baby, can you quit? And I was like just getting mad at people because she just wanted a child so bad. And it's like everywhere she went, people were putting kids in her face. Like, yeah, we got a baby. And she was just mad, mad, mad at God. Why can I have a baby? And she gets a phone call. And social services say, hey, 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 we heard, we're, we heard you were looking for a child. We have a two-month-old baby here, no place to go. Will you take care of it? Yes, 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 in my house, weeping, crying. My dad's crying. They bring me there. They take care of me. They nurse me for a little bit. Then social services call, they call back and they say, Glenna, we hate to break it to you, but I don't think you can adopt this child. We can't find his birth certificate. It's went missing. It's gone. We really don't know who the baby is. We just know that his name is Meshach. My name was Meshach. How about that? <laughs> Coolest name ever, but she changed it. But my name was Meshach. That's the only thing they knew about. It was a little Meshach. And I was so malnourished, though. My mom said I was skinny. I was, I was black. I was blue. And you could see I'm a baby, but you could, I had no face. My cheekbones stuck out. I was so, it was rough. And my mom loved the little Meshach. And they said, but I don't think you can adopt the child. We can't find his birth certificate. And there was this man saying that he's, he's his dad. And without the birth certificate, we're going to have to give him back to this man. Because if this is his dad, that's his rightful place. And my mom was like, oh, no, no, okay, okay. And she hung the phone up. She tells the story of how upset she got. And she said, well, I just, we just got to do it. We just got to do it right now. Let's just go ahead and give the baby back right now. Because if I, if I let him stay one more night, or if I let him stay two more nights, 
I'm going to fall in love with them. And when they try to come take this baby from me, I'm going to kill every single one of them. So i got to give this baby away now before it gets too bad. She's like, I can't. We just got to take him back now. He can't sleep here tonight or I'm just going to get too attached. We got to take him back now. And she was loading everything up to take me back. And she hears a knock on the door. And she opens the door and it's my grandfather. And he stands there and he said, hey, can I have the child? I'm like, what? Yeah, the Lord told me to pray for it. The child's yours. And she handed me into my grandfather's arms and he held me there. He said, I'll bring him back. And he walked down to his house because we used to be neighbors. And he went to his house. I said it first to us, I don't know how to explain this. I can't sit here and tell you how. It's just one of those miracles. I was two months old, but I can hear the prayer that my papa prayed over me. Can't explain it. Don't know how people questioned me about it. I just said, I don't know. I just can't. I, can, I remember it. Two months old. Two months old. And I remember him praying, this one's mine. God, you promised us this one. He belongs here. The next preacher, because he's a pastor of our church. He's the next pastor praying over me. It's him. He belongs here. Meanwhile, my social services were saying, nope, he don't, he don't. We're going to take him back, put him back with his father or father. He takes me back up the next morning to my mother. Hands her to me, and she, he said, he prayed over me all night. He said, yep, this one's ours, nothing to worry about. Walks away. Kind of the same thing we saw here, right? Kind of the same thing that God said, hey, you'll have a baby in a year. Walks away. I began to ask God, I said, God, when you move and you give people words, and even when you speak, why is it kind of like, boom, you're out? It's because what, he, and he told me this, is because what I say goes. Come on. That's good. Yeah. And when I speak, there's no in-between. When I speak, there's no one side or the other. When I speak, it's this, and this is how it's going to be. That's why God can just say, you're healed, get, and he walks away, and they get up and start walking. That's why God walks in and says, you're delivered, and snaps his finger, and chains fall off, and he can go, because all he has to do is speak. That's all he has to do. He just talks. He says, let the heavens form and the universe be formed. He opened his mouth and creation came into existence all because of him talking. My grandfather did the same. It's yours. Walked away. Door shuts. Mom freaking out on the inside. What does he even mean? How is he just going to walk away without explaining this? Come on, you know that's you. You know that you get a word from God, but God's not going into the details. Why didn't you explain it? He needs to explain it. I'm going to have this. I'm going to see this. But how? You don't need the details. You just need to trust. Sarah didn't need to know the details. She just knew a year later, huh, I'm going to have a baby. She didn't need to know how God was going to go in and heal her body and do what he had to do. and snap. No. She just knew a baby was on the way. She better prepare. Because God said it. So here we are. Mom's in there confused. I don't know. Phone rings. Ring, 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 ring. That's my kind of try to do that. That did not work out. Phone rings. She had one of them old phones. It was on, how many? Raise your hand. Be honest. If you had a phone that was attached to the wall, had one of these spinny. I don't even know how to work them. They're ancient to me. 
spinny things on, pulled it off. The, you have to watch the cord because you might trip while you're on the phone. That's ancient to me. Y'all, y'all playing with fossils when y'all look at that stuff. But she had one of those. It started ringing. She answered it. Hello, this is Glenna. Hey, this is social services. We just want to let you know that the child can be adopted. We found his birth certificate. Now get this. The crazy thing about finding the birth certificate is this. There's this woman who cleans our church. Her name's Brenda. Brenda is great. If you don't have a Brenda in your life, you need one. Brenda was at our house. Brenda did. She's just awesome. Took me out, got lunch. She's just great. She was great. She was our nanny. She was amazing. But Brenda one day was out in her yard, and her husband buys junk cars. And he fixes them up. He'll go to auctions and buy 10 at a time and say, all right, we're going to put some rims on this, give it a nice coat of paint. I'm going to sell it, make some money. He went out there, bought like 10, brought them back, laid them in his yard, cleaning them out, detailing them. In the glove box, opened up, birth certificate fell out. And he grabbed it, and he looked at the birth certificate, and he said, Meshach. Brenda, don't we know a Meshach? Brenda starts running through the house crying. Yeah, yeah, Brenda. Yeah, we know me. Glenna. It's Glenna's boy. Glenna's boy, Meshach. Called, so, called social services, told them that. Social services called my mom. They found the birth certificate in, the, in a junk car in the middle of nowhere. Now get this, on the birth certificate. Now there's a man claiming to be my father. So if his name is on the birth certificate, then that means I got to go back to him. His name's not on the birth certificate. My family was able to adopt me. They took me in. They adopted me. I grew up in a great home. Here I am today, the product of that home. I love my family, my father, my mother. I owe them a lot. But that story goes to show that there's a promise on your life, no matter what. That there was a promise on a little two-month-old baby that just came into the earth. Didn't know anything, couldn't speak malnourished, couldn't go there, couldn't, didn't know what to do, no home, but there was a promise on his life. And there's a promise on your life this morning. No matter what season you're in, no matter where you're at, how many times you've messed up, what, what health ba- battles you're battling, how many times that the devil seems to just kick you off and you just, you're doing good for a season, but then you're back in a pit and you don't understand it. I want to tell you today, I'm going to step into the gap and I'm going to do it kind of like God did to Sarah. There's a promise on your life. I'm going to walk away from it because it's true. That's all I got to say. There's a promise on your life. You say, well, I'm not, what do you mean? I'm, I'm not, I can't preach. I can't sing. I can't. No, there's a promise on your life. Any preacher that stands on a pulpit and preaches and thinks he can get the whole world saved by himself is wrong. There's a promise on your life. No matter how old or how young, there is a people that only you can reach. That no matter how many times I preach, no matter how many times I stand in a pulpit, no matter how many times I pray for people, there's a certain group of people I'll never be able to reach because God called you to do it. Because God said, hey, this one's for you. Pastor Corey's been preaching, but hey, there's an anointing on your life. There's somebody when you go back to work that needs to hear your testimony because when you open your mouth, they'll be saved. There's a promise on your life. 
And God can just say it and walk away. Like he can say it to Sarah. You're going to have a baby and walk away. You have a promise. And I love this as we dive down in Genesis chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. It says this, the Lord kept his word. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. Get that, just the time. How many of you know you serve a God that's never late? You serve a God who is never past due. He is never late. He's always on time. He's always going to make it. Even when you don't think it's going to work, you say, Pastor Corey says I have a promise. He says I'm going to receive this. It says I'm going to have a miracle. I'm going to see God move here, but uh, we're five minutes away from it. Uh, it's about to happen. Nothing's happened. But then all of a sudden it happens because God is never late. And I want to look to the church today and tell you he's never late, he never will be late, and he's going to show up for you time and time and time and time again. We just have to understand what Sarah had to learn. That when God speaks, we have to believe. When God speaks, we have to believe. And God's speaking to you today that you're going to have breakthrough. You're going to find freedom. You're going to be set free. You're going to be healed. Your finances are going to be blessed. It's going to happen. You just have to believe. You just have to believe. Sarah just had to believe. Believe it. Whatever you need in your life, Whatever, where you find yourself right now, believe it. Believe it. Believe that God will come through. Believe that his word never fails. That he is the firm foundation. He is the solid rock. And he will carry me through. And I love this right here. And then we're going to close. It says this. It says, and Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter, meaning joy. All who hear about this will laugh with me. They'll have joy with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. I want to to ask you this question. How many people have you had to deal with in your life that say, he's never... He's never going to do anything for the kingdom. He's ne- she's never going to do anything for the kingdom. They'll never get right. They'll never come to the altar. They'll never. They'll, that's not going to happen for them. I don't know about you, but I've had to face some devils like that. That said Corey would never preach the gospel. That said Corey would wind up in jail. That said Corey would be dumb. Corey would be doing crazy stuff. But here I am. And you know what? People are going to join in with me with joy like they did Sarah. Because I had a promise on my life. And God completed it. So whoever's out there saying to you, saying that, oh, you'll never make it. Oh, you'll never get right. Why do you even do this church thing? Why are you faithful to church? Why do you go every Sunday? Why, why do you commit your time to here? Our response to them is simple. 
We have a promise. We have a promise. We have a promise. There is a promise on my life. And one day, you're all going to see it. And one day, you're all going to witness the work. It's your testimony of what God did in my life. It's like one day when they all said, Sarah's never going to get pregnant. Abraham's never going to have a child. That's not going to happen. She's too old. But when she had the baby, now they all have to look and say, Holy Ghost. Look, there's a baby. Look what God did. And I just want to speak to you. I'm going to say, I I just want to speak to you haters. I want to speak to the ones who, because we all have them. The ones who's tried pulling us down. The people who don't believe in us. The people who walked out on us. The people who don't believe. You know what? They're going to see you prosper. They're going to hear your testimony. You're going to shake things. You're going to change things. Because what happened when Sarah gave birth is all of a sudden faith entered everywhere. They said, oh my word, if God can do it for Sarah, what can he do for me? And if you respond to this altar and God changes your life, the people who said you would never change will be the ones who say, how do I get it? How do I have it? How do I encounter it? You have a promise on your life. Don't forget it. If God says it's going to be a year, be faithful in the year. If it's five years, continue to be faithful. If it happens tomorrow, good for you, but you better still be faithful because God has a promise on your life. He's a promise keeper. He's, he's a debtor to no man. That means he, what he says goes. He never lacks. He, he's always on time, and he's on time for you. He's on time for you. See, I love this, and you can stand with me in closing. I love that when I say he's always on time, that we can really dive in and find where he is. I love how he says, when I said it, I did it. God showed up on time, exactly when he said it for Sarah. And when I preached and I said, he's always on time, he's always on time, he's always on time. The revelation behind that friend is this. Can you think over your life? Can you look back over your life? Every prayer you've prayed, he heard it. Every time you cried out, he was there. Every time you came to an altar, he met you. There's not been one moment in your life, even when you felt like, oh, there's no way he's here. There's no way this is going to work. Sarah said it. She laughed at it. I'm not going to get pregnant. I'm not going to have a kid. There's no way. But God was there. And God said, oh, you will. Some of you in this place, before we have some altar time, you've cried many tears. You've wept before the Lord. Wanting Him or somebody to help, to hear you, to answer. Your marriage has fallen apart. All you and your husband do is fight. You don't know what to do. Your kids are rebelling. You don't, you all, you just have to keep punishing them and grounding them and it's tearing you apart. 
Someone in your family sick. Doctor said they got two weeks. You've fallen apart. And you've cried. And you've went to the Lord and you've prayed. I want to tell you, He was there. Every word you said, He heard. Every tear you wept, He caught. Even when you felt like nobody was there, His arms were around you. He's an on-time God. But as He was hugging you, as you were praying, you know what He was saying over your life? You have a promise. Because the Bible says, those who are in Christ, anything's impossible. Anything is possible. Those who are in Christ will see victory. Those who are in Christ will be healed. Those who are in Christ will be set free. Those who are in Christ will be delivered. Those who are in Christ will see miracles. You have a promise over your life. Even if you say, well, I've never heard God tell me my promise. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm called to do. I could tell you what the scripture says about you. And he's the word made flesh. If it says it in this, then this is a promise. If he said it in here, then it's a promise. There's a promise on your life. Don't forget it. Believe God.